Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful host, John McDonald. That is me, and, as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Kyra Morrison. How are you doing, good sir? I'm doing pretty good, man. Yeah. Apart from the general feelings of being drained of all life. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that shortly. But, yeah, we're in the same room again. We are. Hey. Yes. Good times. Fun times. I love it. Always a good time. Um, but, yeah, as you said, we're we're pretty we're pretty wrecked at the moment. Um We've just recorded another episode of a, uh, another super secret project that's coming out soon, hopefully. Um, and it is also post PAX. It uh, is. We PAX is over. PAX is over for another year. 2017. It's all done. It's sad. Stick a fork in it. It's done. No, I don't want to. I know I don't. We're either. going back tomorrow, right? It went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'd much rather go there and go back to work. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it went really quickly this year. It did. It was like super quick. Snap your fingers and it was gone. Unnaturally quick. Um, but uh, we thought this week uh, we're not going to do any news. We're going to do what we've been playing. Well, really, we're going to do sort of a bit of a spin on that. But um, Or no questions either. We're going to be focusing on our experience at PAX 2017, PAX Oz. Um, so this is our fifth year. We've been to every single PAX Oz. Yes. Um, Perfect attendance. We are. Yeah, exactly. We're veterans now. We were there Since for the infamous first... For rainy year. Yeah, yeah, the, the mid-year rainy debacle. Um, had some teething problems, but uh, it's come a long way since. And uh, yeah, I think you were saying to me before, you think this is the best show they've had yet? Yeah, yeah. Well, just in general for how, how my experience was on the show floor, mm-hmm. like, I never felt like... The only queue I had that was really long was Sea of Thieves. But yeah. as we'll discuss later, that was for a meaty demo... So I didn't mind waiting how long I waited for that. And a fucking cool experience. It was cool. It was very cool. Um, But like, generally, like, my queues weren't that long. And that was something I wasn't expecting. Yeah. And not just for like, like for some AAA games as well that we played. Like a lot of the AAA games we played, we didn't wait in line all that long for. They had a lot of demo stations. Yeah. Which which is good. good. Yeah. I think, I think we, we know someone who sort of is an enforcer and she said something about the, the queue halls were slightly smaller. Yes. Um, and yeah, from what I could tell, they, they seemed a little bit smaller than they were, which is a, probably a wise choice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but overall impressions of the show, obviously. Thumbs up. Yeah. Two thumbs up. It's, I mean, it's hard to fault packs, really. It's just, it's such a good time of year. And it's, it's, it's a great venue. It's a great convention. Like, great location. Great location. It's always got great content as well. Um, really interestingly curated content as well. Um, some stuff you wouldn't really expect. Um, like I went to a, I went to a, a panel on escape rooms, um, which was kind of fun. So they had like a whole bunch of like people who've like uh, run their own escape rooms and things like that in different venues around Australia. And um, one of the one of the panels was a woman who wrote wrote like a, her and her husband go around and do escape rooms and write like an escape room blog oh. and like review them. Um, and she's done like over like over 160 rooms with her husband Ooh. around the world. Um, At so, a certain point, you've got to stop being stuck in rooms, right? I know, right? Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's like not again. Uh, but yeah, so that was really interesting. Um, and yeah, I just, I got a lot out of that. I went by myself, but <laughs> that's that's fine. Um, I didn't expect anyone to come with me to that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, we were sort of a little bit panel light this year. Yeah, and and that's a thing. There was so much on that I'm like, it was just there was so much at, at any given time. There was a panel or a game I was queuing for because I wanted to play, or yep. like 
Shopping. Shopping, yep. eating food, or mm-hmm. anything like that. And there's so many things just slipped through my fingers that I missed out on. I'm mm. really bummed out. Yeah, yeah. What, what were some of the, like, of the of the panels that you did get to see? What were the like, sort of highlights for you, I guess? I mean, like, I think I only really went to maybe three or four panels. So. Yeah, about the same. Uh, I guess the one I liked the most was probably the AGPM one. To be hey, biased, yeah. Disclaimer, I guess we were part of them, but it was just yeah, it was just great though to see some of the people that we were, like some friends of ours, like you know, our Facebook friends at least anyway, up on stage. Hey, um, we, we know Lauren. We do know Lauren. Yes, Team Punishment. <laughs> they we got, tried. They got robbed. Apparently, <laughs> Lauren still swears that they got robbed. Um. I can I can appreciate the people's color yellow from um <laughs> the people's Nostradamus. Color. Yeah, Nostradamus. Uh good old uh Brennan White from Eight Bit <laughs> heading up that one. Co captains. Yeah, co captains, yeah, and Jason Eames from Game Hub. Leadership. Um and Alex from a couple of NPCs, yeah. Um yeah, it was great. It was just like them playing a whole bunch of games on stage and having yeah. a bit of a competition. Just um, good old fun times. Playing uh Mario Kart uh gravity which gravity yeah i'd I'm never s- seen it before though. i'd never seen it before either and i really wanted to play it i didn't get a chance to it looked kind of like smash brothers with gravity guns from like half-life yeah smash brothers but you throw crates at each other yeah and i was like i could get behind this this seems like a lot of fun um it, it was very fast-paced and very frantic and it looked like a lot of fun them having up on stage and then finally finishing with the the epic the epicness that is Nidhogg 2 um, the winner of Nidhogg 2 was the Grinder. The Grinder. Grinder is life. Grinder is love. Um, the Grinder's really good at killing people. people. Yeah, exactly. It, it was, oh, it, it claimed many a life. Um, but yeah, if, uh, but next year, if you're at PAX, definitely get along to, to that. Um, support like local content creators and, and people who are doing awesome stuff out there and just genuinely nice people that we briefly got to see. Uh, didn't get to see him as much as I would like to, but it was, yeah, we were pretty busy. So, um, uh, yeah, but that was a good panel. I didn't yeah. that one as well. But that's, that's the real standout for me. Cause apart from that, I didn't go to many, like mm. there was acquisitions Inc. I went to. Yep. That was pretty good. That was really fun. Uh, yeah, I only got to go half of that, but yeah. Yeah. And then there was the Omegathon finale. Oh, that was, that was cool. Yeah, Crossy Road on like a little balance, balance board, board thing. Yeah, with Rudism who makes like custom controllers. Made a, a controller for Crossy Road, uh, the mobile game, out of like a weird balance board thing, and it, yeah, it was interesting. It was nuts. Um, I probably would not have done as well as they did. Mm. Um, but yeah, like apart from that, like I don't think I went to any any other panels really. Mm. Unfortunately, I went not enough not enough hours in a day. No, I know, right? Yeah, you get there and you're like, cool, I've got like. Eight hours till the show floor closes, and the next minute you look, it's like five o'clock. Like, Fuck, I've got an hour before I have to leave. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I went to a couple more different panels. Um, Jackbox panel was fun. Oh yeah. Jackbox panel oh. was always fun. It, it was, uh, it was rocky. It was a bit rocky this year. They had some, uh, some, some, uh, technical difficulties, which was unfortunate. Um, but I mean, like when it was working, it was, it was always fun to go to those panels. Oh yeah. Um, I also went to, what else did I go to? Uh, I went to the keynote, the story time session with Bernie Burns, the, um, one of the founders of Rooster Teeth Productions, a uh, big he- bit of a hero of mine. Um, I've sort of loved that man for a long time. He's met a good him, man. Met him once before and managed to meet him again this weekend, not by lining up and queuing in his booth, by bumping into him while he was going for lunch. Um, and I was wearing a Rooster Teeth shirt and I was about to go and say hi to him because I sort of saw him and went, 
Oh, it's Bernie. I'll go and say hi and maybe get a photo with him. And he was with Ashley and he's, uh, he's assistant Ali. Um, and I was like, okay, so I'll get a photo with the guys and, and, um, and be on my way. As I was walking towards them, Bernie goes, Hey, nice shirt. And I was like, Oh, uh, th- thanks. He, he basically disarmed you by saying that. Pretty much. Yeah. But like he initiated the conversation. So he did. we stopped and had a chat and he shook my hand and he, I was like, what's your name? I'm like, Oh, Joel. He's like, yeah, nice to meet you, Joel. And, um, yeah, stopped and had a chat, and he's like, "Oh, that was the limited edition shirt, I think." I said, yeah, it's a Halloween one from last year. Like, yeah, and uh, I, I thanked him for his uh, for his keynote speech because it was actually quite inspirational. He basically told the history of Rooster Teeth um, through the eyes of um, his his idea was that you know, they they um, Rooster Teeth always pride themselves on having very strong characters to tell their stories. So he focused on focused on the strong characters of Rooster Teeth. So some of the early members that uh, and and uh, like employees of the company, which was really good. Uh, got a little emotional in the middle, talking about uh, uh, the one, the only Monty Ohm, who tragically passed away a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, some really important messages in there about where you should draw inspiration from and how to, I don't know, be successful and just sort of you know. A few tips, uh, tips and tricks to sort of, um, sort of really get my mind ticking, and so I thanked him for that. And he was, um, you know, he said, "Oh, thank you for coming along. It's really great." And then shook my hand again. I got a photo with them all, and um, and uh, then they went off to lunch, and I sort of walked away a little bit starstruck and, you know, heart a flutter and hand shaking. So that was that was another highlight for me, I think. Um, but yeah, I think that's all in terms of panels. That's all I really went to. Um, what else did we go to? Right, again, I don't think I did anything else. And that was really it. Yeah, I don't think I did go to anything else. Show yeah. floor was where I spent ninety percent of my time. Yeah, which is we. I usually do go to try and go to a lot of panels, but this wasn't um, the time for me to go to the ones that I wanted to go to. In the end, um, we had we had an interesting lunch on Saturday. Oh yeah, the, the little pop up ramen spot for Destiny Two. Yeah, we went to, to Destiny Two bought ramen and poppies to packs for which we are very thankful, mm-hmm. and both of which were awesome. They were, um, yeah. The ramen was great, so it was like a little like uh, it was like, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was like a ramen restaurant in Melbourne that they did like a uh, a pop up bar basically, and it was yeah, Cage Six's uh, favorite spicy ramen joint. Um, and we had, I had a Cade Six uh, Ramen. I had his, his special and uh, a nice melon water for lunch, which was great. Um, I believe you had the, did you have the Zavala? No, I have no, the Okora Ray. I hate Zavala. Uh, no, there we go. That's right. I'm a Titan. That. I hate Zavala. That's, I should have realized that. Um, but yeah, so they had like, yeah, just three different types of ramen. Surprisingly tasty, decently priced. Um, and just sold cool. out of rice cakes, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that was that was disappointing. But I mean, we were there on Saturday, and it was like yeah, yeah, two thirty yeah. in the afternoon. So, um, yeah, no, I, I it was it was kind of nice. It was out on the waterfront, like it looked. It was really really cool. I didn't expect it to be as tasty as it was. Yeah, yeah, no, or as like you know, decently priced and a decent size as well. Yeah, it be pretty yeah. like pretty sub subpar, but it was actually quite nice. Um, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, definitely, it was yeah. good. Um, is there anything else apart from, like, the, uh, apart from the show floor that stood out to you this year, before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of this whole thing? No, not really, like, just generally everything was, was, was good. Awesome, awesome. Um, lots of good cosplay, that's, I think, probably another thing I could think of. Yeah, cosplay always is yeah. fantastic, though. Um, I think the, the, the most 
creative and interesting one I saw was today when we saw the um uh the Kakariku gang. I thought we were gonna say the Mario Kart guys. Mario Kart guys as well, but the Kakariku gang, which was basically like a bunch of uh bunch of people dressed up in chicken and uh heads, like chicken masks and jackets that said Kakariko gang and they're all carrying various weapons and they're obviously like hunting down links on the show floor. I think I saw them chasing one of them. Yeah, they they were they were, they were like, you know, the, the Kakariku Kuku gang, which was pretty funny. I I was like, Alright, props for thinking outside the box with that one. It was really good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the Mario Kart ones were pretty cool too. Yeah, just a bunch of guys in like like in the outfits with the little cardboard cars and balloons attached to them. Yep, yeah, there's about six of them. That was kind of cool. There was the usual like huge amount of Overwatch cosplay. Yep, I, we walked impressive. past to like today for past a huge crew. Yeah, game. like the, the the big the big uh, meetup. Yeah, yeah, getting photographed. Uh, we saw a whole bunch of we saw a few um, Persona Five characters. Yes, made very happy. Some very, very, very brave uh, Panthers out there wearing the PVC uh, jumpsuits in the the pretty, pretty nasty heat. It was, it was warm. It was definitely yeah, warm. So out. I was like, props to you guys oh. for sticking it out. Okay. Was, I saw at least three of them over the weekend. So I was like, well done. Um, saw a couple of Harus. We saw a couple of Jokers. There was a Futaba. There was a, I didn't see the Futaba, unfortunately. I'm sad I didn't see her. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was kind of cool. But I guess we should probably get into the the thing that we spent the most time doing. I guess. Well, yeah, as we said, we spent a lot of time on the show for yeah. just playing games. Awesome. All right. So, do you want me to kick this one off? Yeah, you go. You go first. So, what we're going to do is Joel's going to go through what he played. I'm going to go through what I played, and then we're both going to collab on what we played as what we both played. Essentially. Yeah, exactly. So, what we both sort of did the same thing. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah, I played probably the most I played on a show floor. This year that I can think of, really, um, like Saturday and Sunday, I just sort of played a lot of games. Um, but yeah, so starting off this year, I finally got to sit down and play Damsel from Screwtape Studios, who we had a chat with last year with our uh, Anthony, um, who we went and said good day to again today, which was great. Um, he's always a lovely, lovely person to to have a chat with, um, and I finally got to have a play of the game. Um, their Kickstarter ended today, and unfortunately they didn't make the goal, but I think they're still tracking for a release next year. Um, so for PC, and then after that, a whole bunch of consoles. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. But having gotten hands-on with it today, uh, it's a really, really fun, tight little um, arcade sort of 2D side-scroller platformer shooter. Um Yeah, so you're basically going around, you've got different objectives each time, you've got to try and get the best score, and you can... You know, there's like a score attack mode. I think Anthony said that they've got like a 12-hour campaign attached Jesus. to it as well. Um, yeah, he says like 12, 13-hour campaign. I'm like, yep, okay, yep, you're ticking boxes for me. Um, and the gameplay is tight. It's fun. It's it's very intuitive. Uh, he said that to me as well. He's like, oh, we wanted it to be. If you if you think you can do something, you should try it with the buttons. You could probably do it. Like, um, So I tried, you can double jump. But you can also double jump and then hold down and shoot and you'll get a little bit of boost as well like from the, the like the force of the gun um but yeah you're a vampire hunter badass female character vampire hunter uh, who goes around slaying the uh legions of the uh of the vampire horde so and cutting people out chairs, well, exactly it? yeah so it was like little quick time events for like rescuing hostages 
I think there's going to be like there were going to be like Kickstarter backers and people who back the game at certain points as well. I did see some things saying like Kickstarter has died. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Yeah, that makes sense. Now I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Like it popped up with their na- like their name was supposed to be. I think it's a Kickstarter backer. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. There's a free demo out as well. So if you search their, for their Kickstarter page, I think they've got a free demo up on there. If you want to check it out on PC, um, I highly recommend doing it. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I had a ball with that. Yeah, I mean, it looked like it ran really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really smooth, really fluid, um, and like I said, really intuitive as well. Uh, but yeah, and go and show those guys some love. They are just genuinely lovely people from Brisbane, and they are making some really cool shit. Um, and I want this game to come out, and I want them to put it on the Switch so I can play it on the Switch. It is a perfect Switch game. Everything is perfect for Switch. It is. You'll. That's going to be something you're going to you're going to get sick of us saying. By the end of this episode, I feel. I'm going to say it a lot. Yep. Yeah. Put on the Switch. Um, next game I played uh, was another indie game called Spin Rhythm. Um, really, really cool rhythm game. Uh, and I was walking by and I heard the music and saw that it was some sort of rhythm game. And I was instantly like gravitated towards it because I was like, rhythm games, yes. So you're telling me, right, that you saw a rhythm game mm-hmm. and you couldn't say no? No. Joel, I'm shocked. I know, right? I can't believe this. It's yeah, you know. Who is it was this a, was this the one that's by who's it by? So it's by uh Super Entertainment, I think they're called. Okay. Um and a couple of the I think the guys that are working on it are at least a couple of them are ex half brick members. Ah okay. who worked on Fruit Ninja. So <laughs> Infamous Fruit Ninja. Exactly. And I played a lot of Fruit Ninja. I fucking love that game. <laughs> Um, so basically, I think it's coming to PC and mobiles. They had it set up on a bunch of iPads and mobiles uh, and something else, which I'll touch on shortly as well. But it's a rhythm game that you use uh, the bottom of the screen to switch between two different t- types of tracks, I guess. So it's like you've got like a pink one and a blue one. And as the notes come down, they'll either be pink or blue. And you switch to them and sort of line them up. And that, that sort of is the beat of the music. And you've got other moves, like you can tap the screen. If there's a, like a long green bar across the screen, if you tap, when that comes down to the bottom, um, that's like a tap move. Um, there's like arrows that are sort of go across the whole thing, either left or right. And then that way you have to just like flick and like spin the uh, the wheel, I guess, that's down the bottom. Uh, it does like a bit of a spin sound effect. Uh, and the last one, they've got like long hold sections. So you'd hold it down and like you have to follow a track to try and get more points that way. Um, really, really cool. They've licensed up a couple of tracks so far. I think one from, uh, I can't remember who it was by, but it's by um, the, the record companies from Monster Cat Records who are quite well known for doing sort of like really cool electro and complex row stuff. Um, yes, I'm a massive music nerd. I was about to say, those sound like genres, so yep. I'm going to just roll with it. Massive music nerd. Uh, you'd probably be familiar with like that kind of genre of music. It's very like, uh, you, you'd know it once I play it. Um, but yeah, the, what, the, one of the cool things about their booth is um, they had uh, a Pioneer CDJ uh, like deck, basically, like a DJ deck set up, uh, and you could play the game using the turntable on that. Um, I had a chat with one of the devs as well. I think Steve, his name was, from, from Super Entertainment. Um, he said that they, 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 they thought of it as a trial. They're like, oh, this would be cool if we could do this. And they plugged into their into their into the computer via MIDI cable. Uh, turns out they mapped they could map the whole thing relatively easy. And they're like, "Great, let's bring this to PAX." So they had this sort of CDJ set up there that you could play this game on. Um, it's really cool. I think I think they said they're tracking for 2018 release for PC. 
I don't know if, if the mobile ones are going to come at the same time or if at all, but I tell you what, I'm super keen for that. It was a really, really like polished rhythm game. Um, and it was cool talking to Steve as well, saying that he was like, you know, look, I said, where'd the idea come from? And he was like, oh, a lot of people think like rhythm games, the genre has died, but it's like, we didn't believe in that. We wanted to make something cool, sort of like revive it. And I'm like, yes, yes, you are my people. I love you. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely try and check that one out if you, if you can online anywhere. Uh, the next one, Kyron, is a one that I was very excited to play. And it did not let me down. I remember watching you play this one, mm-hmm. and the way you described it, like, because I, I had no idea what this game was. I had no idea. I was watching you play, and like, even when you were playing it, I didn't quite know what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And you were simply, you just told me, it's like reverse Katamari. Yes. And then it all made sense. Yes. So the game in question is called Donut County. Um, I saw it pop up, uh, actually... One of the devs, the, 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 the sole dev of the next game I'm going to talk about was tweeting about it because we had a chat with him last year and I've been following him on Twitter. And, um, he was tweeting about it because he was really excited by, um, this game called Donut County. It's basically you play as a raccoon who has like a portable hole, like, like a cartoon hole that you would see like Roadrunner use in the, uh, the Roadrunner Wiley Code cartoons, that kind of thing, um, that he uses to basically try and cause terror to a town. Apparently there's a narrative that runs through it. I've got a little bit of a taste from it from what I played. Um, and yeah, there's like a whole storyline. But basically, yeah, like I said, it's reverse Katamari. So you're this tiny hole and you start off, you try and suck in little things in a certain area of the map and the hole will get bigger and bigger and bigger until you've sucked in everything around that area. Then the map will zoom out a bit more. Then you'll have other things. There's like physics-based puzzles as well you have to do. Um, like one point there was a guy in a, a hot air balloon that was tied to the ground. And there was a furnace nearby. So what I did is I sucked the hole into the, the furnace into the hole and it heated up and made a whole bunch of hot air, which then I put the hole underneath the hot air balloon and it pushed it up and launched the hot air balloon off into the sky. Um, so yeah, that it, it's a, a simple idea, really great art style. It's genuinely funny and it has that really good, like that satisfying Katamari feel where you're like rolling things up or yeah, you're just piling a whole bunch of stuff into this hole and, and you're getting that sense of instant like dopamine hit of like, oh, I'm getting rewarded for this straight away by my hole getting bigger. Some of the stuff in it was just hilarious to watch, like starting off with simple things like sucking down a barrel or a rock. And then by the end of it, you just, you basically took a guy's shed. Yep. And just, yep. Down, down it went. Down the hole. Yep. Um, but people are still down the hole. Like you actually yeah. see them living down there in the hole. Um, <laughs> so I, I really want to know what the story is going to be. Um, it's coming out. I think basically called... your character's an asshole. John. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's an asshole raccoon. That's what Taylor described him as well. You, you're a raccoon who's a massive jerk. Apparently, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very keen to get that one. It's going to be a day one purchase for me. I think it's coming out on PC and Switch. So it's already ticking the boxes for me again. Uh, sometime 2018. I think that were, I think maybe early 2018, but I'm not sure. Uh, there were no devs there for me to talk to about, and I haven't found any information about it. so it's 2018 at this stage um so keep an eye out on donut donut county i almost bought that pin too they had a really <laughs> great pin that was just like the raccoon and a donut I'm like oh the, it's so cool the pins i have a getcha oh i was so close i didn't spend any money this weekend so proud of you. yeah i was very i was very uh very proud of myself actually cool 
the next game I played was an oldie but a goodie. Uh, our good friend Mike Blackney uh, from last year, who the the lone creator of Dead Static Drive, which as uh, he described to me last year, and I still describe it to people as as uh, Grand Theft Cthulhu. Um, this but, game still looks so good. Yeah, and he's been working his fucking ass off all year on this game. I've been following him on Twitter and just sort of like keeping an eye on like the progress of the game and he's just been slaving away at this project and it's it like has come a, a long a long way since last year um, and it's not to say that last year it was a bad game but it's it's improved a lot um it I'm, feels he said to me as well I had a quick chat with him um he was like yeah he goes I, it's it's starting to sort of resemble the game that I was sort of envisioning now it's starting to get there um but yeah it's kind of like a survival game uh, where you've got to go from town to town trying to survive. I, I think he wanted to have like different like types of monsters in each sort of town area and he'd pick up supplies and get gas for your car and weapons and stuff. And um, the cars are really fun to drive around. They're really drifty. They feel like that kind of like grindhousey kind of uh, uh, vibe. I can imagine like uh, Kurt Russell in um, Death Proof. <laughs> like that, like driving around and he's like just swerving along the road. Like you'll be right at home in this game. Mm, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it does make sense considering Mike Blackney's Twitter handle is Kurt Russell Fan Club. I'm pretty sure as well. You are right. Mm. So that's why I was like, yep, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, it's got that yeah, really really cool music. The art style is gorgeous. It's such an interesting art style. Um, and also Mike is just such a cool dude. I'm so crushed. I missed this game last year. I missed this game this year. Yep. No, we we need to get you in to play the game. Um, yeah, I I love it, and I'm eagerly I am waiting with bated breath for this uh, for this to sort of get to a point where it's going to be in uh, a state to release. Um, so I hope keep working, Mike. I, we love you guys. Well, we love you over there. You're doing a great job, and it's it was really nice to have a chat with you again uh, and play your game uh, once again. Did you play it last year as well? Or? I did, yeah, oh, okay. briefly as well. Yeah, I, it's, it's the one. Damsel, I didn't play last year. I didn't get a chance oh, to. Okay. But I uh, did Static Drive, I did. Because I'd heard about it and I was like, I'm going to go hunt this down. Um, but yeah, he's had a pretty good year. Like, he got, a, I think, one of the grants that, like, from the Victorian government to um, to go towards, like, helping make his game, which is awesome. Um, but yes, that was a lot of fun. And yeah, always lovely chatting to Mike. Um, oh, I played one more indie game and the rest are pretty much all, um, yeah, big AAA stuff. So the last one I played was Valhalla, a cyberpunk bartender action game. Um, this game's been out for about a year and a half on PC, uh, but it's coming to sweet, uh, to Vita, sorry, at some point. Um, so this game, I, I, you say it's been out for that long, but obviously as someone who doesn't really use PC for gaming, I wasn't aware of it. Mm. All I know is I saw the banners around around parts. Yep. And I was just like, that game looks interesting. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I sat down. I, there was They had a whole bunch of computers set up, and I was like, fuck it. I'll sit down and have a go at it. Um, yeah, it's kind of like... I, know I, got, I kind of got a little bit of a Papers, Please vibe from it, just the way it's presented. Uh, but instead of like checking passports and things like that, like, like obviously I think you in the future you have to check IDs and stuff because you're running this bar, this like cyberpunk future world. Um, people come in and they're like, you know, they'll ask for specific drinks and you can go to your drink Bible and so they might go, I want a sweet drink. So you go to your bar and you, you know, list by 
by flavor, by name, but so if you go by flavor, it's like sweet drinks, and it'll give you a list of sweet drinks you can make. And over on the side, you've got your ingredients, and you mix it all up the way it's like you know, the instructions tell you to, and then you give it to your customer, and you sort of progress the story that way. Um, I'm very interested to play more of this, and I'm actually thinking I'm going to buy it on Steam, um, maybe after my holiday. Uh, but I'll, yeah, I'll be keeping an eye for it on Vita because. I, first of all, I'd love to have a reason mm-hmm. to plug my Vita back in and charge it up. And yep. if this game is that, that is great. It's uh, yeah, it's got a really great art style as well. It's like a kind of like really cool, like lots of pink, purples and blues, that kind of cyberpunk feel to it. Um, and it's like a you know sixteen bit kind of eighteen eight bit kind of style, somewhere in between maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean a lot of those games mm-hmm. are done about style. I sort of like a like a homage. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, for example, Shovel Knight looks like that, but it would not run on consoles. Obviously, there's a lot more going on in that game. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks it looks really cool. Yeah, um, and I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I played it for about 15, 20 minutes. Actually, I sat there and I was like, I was sort of enthralled by what the story presented to me. And I got to the end of the demo and I was like, Huh, okay, all right, um, all right, you've got me interested. I'll buy it. So. Um, had they had Steam codes there, I probably would have picked it up, but they'd run out of them, so... Dang. Yeah, so I have to buy it the old-fashioned way. By on, opening online. Steam. yeah. <laughs> and buying a digital copy. Gosh. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. Check that one out as well. Um, and the last couple of things that I played uh, solo that were sort of AAA games, I played uh, The Crew 2. I, I say I played, I basically played a trailer because um, it felt like the trailer they showed, but playable. Uh, so the trailer they showed at E3. It's always weird game. when they do that. Mm. I, I get it. The game's still like, I think at least six months off. So, I don't know. When does The Crew 2 come out? I'm gonna, I'm, you might going to look like it up right like, now. I feel like it's March or something next year. Um, I'm excited for it. It was it was, wasn't amazing, but I the concept of it and like switching between, like I'd like to be able to play it in like that open world setting where I can just switch at will um, between from like car to plane, from plane to boat, and then back again. Um, it was the most fun I had driving a boat in any video game, to be honest. Yeah. I'll give it that. Um, but yeah, it was good. Cars handled well enough. And um, yeah, the very short demo I played of it was like, okay, yeah, I'll keep my eye on it. Yeah. <laughs> it is coming out next March. You're right. Next March. Cool. Yeah. I know my uh, arcade races, man. <laughs> I'm I, starved for them at the moment. I need another one. You've got Need for Speed coming up. I do. I have to wait till I come back from my holiday, though. It comes out while I'm over in Japan. But uh, And the last thing I played was I booked in and played some more PlayStation VR. Uh, I got put into Bravo Team. It wasn't great. Me, personally, my experience with it. Um, it was like a multiplayer um, shooter. But it's like going from like cover to cover. Uh, I couldn't like hiding like from like fire didn't really work the way I felt like it probably should work um I felt like the guns didn't really feel like they were hitting uh, when I was trying to aim with them I got down a couple of times and the person who I was playing with didn't res me and like so they didn't know how to yeah and also like could you communicate like was it I think they'd try to have it set up like because I hear him talking to me at one point but oh okay I don't know if he could hear me so alright um mm. yeah I mm, yeah, out of the VR offerings, it didn't look like the one I would have wanted to play. I think honestly, I would, honestly, have, I would have played. I would have wanted Skyrim. Yeah, Skyrim. I would have liked to have played the uh, Monsters of the Deep, the 
Oh, yeah, the, the Final Fantasy The one. Final Fantasy fifteen fishing one. That looks like fun. Or oh, GT Sport. I would have loved to have played that, actually. Well, our friend Brod played, from Hunting Seasons, played um, Final Fantasy. Yeah, he said, yeah. he said it was okay. Yeah, I, you know. You know. I'm a bit of a sucker for fishing games, though, which I didn't do the the fishing competition for another game we'll talk about. Oh, rookie mistake. Yeah, I know. I'm sad I didn't enter that, actually. Um, but yeah, apart from that, that's about all I played solo. So uh, what did you hit up on the, oh. uh, on the old show floor? Again, like much like you said, I'm pretty sure this is the year I spent... Like, most games I played at the PAX. I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. it, it was pretty full on. And it's... We say that 2017 is like like one of the best years. Mm-hmm. Like the future is also just looking so good that there's so much I want to try. Oh yeah, in the next few months as well. Like like yeah, the first few months of 2018. Yeah, like basically like the last month has just been getting started. Oh yeah, and it's gonna it keeps going until at least March next it's year. Snowballing down, yeah. Yeah. So I'll start off with the uh, like out of the indies I played solo, I. Had a brief look at Y2K, which I think you brought up earlier this year or later last yeah, year. Like it's, I played a demo of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't really got much to add to what you said. Like, yep. um, it's just a, it's a, it's a postmodern RPG. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's self-titled, I guess. Yep. By uh, Ark? Ark? Yeah, like, as in like, ah, Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah that sound. A-A-C-K. Yeah. Uh, A-C-K-K. Oh, much. K-K, sorry. Ark Studios. Ach. Um, so it's an RPG. Uh, I definitely got the vibes that it was inspired by, like, Earthbound, Persona mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Like, you start in a, in a town, sort of wander around, you can go through drawers and scrounge out some money. Uh, you run into a cat with a sweet moustache. Yep. And it nicks a note or some paper off you. I didn't see what that part was. I think it's your shopping list. Oh, no. Oh, that's yeah. why I'm so mad. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you, you chase it into a, a freaky looking little area. And then st- just snowballs from there, really. Yep. You go into a factory and there are monsters you can fight. Uh, the combat, uh, again, a lot of this is probably covered by you already. Yeah, it was a while ago. Though. But, like, the combat is very much... I it was. I felt like I was right in my element from my time with Paper Mario. Yeah. It's all timing-based. You, you attacks with vinyls, I think. Yep. Yep. And I'm pretty sure some of the other characters you get down the track attack with, like, bass guitars. Okay. It's like a, it's like a um, Guitar Hero-style game to do your attacks. Yeah. So that... I. I, I think I did a few a few like bouts of combat, but it was really fun. I felt like I was right in my elements, going yeah, cool. Tap here, tap yep. here, tap here, tap here, tap here. Shredded the enemies pretty easily, uh, but again, I, I just I like combat systems where you're not just like pressing a button and going cool. Especially in turn based, because there's nothing worse than going select action. Sit back. Oh, they did the thing. Cool, all right. Yeah, especially if there's no fast forward. Exactly, yeah. It's like, all right. It, it feel, I, I like having that sort of interactive element. It's like, oh, I'm actually playing a game. Yeah, like, Which again. Which comes into play with one of the games we both played later on as well. Yeah. Like, again, the Persona inspiration stuff, like, I love... Persona 5 is turn-based. Yeah. But you have a decent amount of control of the flow of combat, which is good. Yeah. So, like, if you... Like, with the button timing stuff, you get a decent amount of control as well. And I just like that. I like that stuff. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like not much really to say about that. It, it I didn't get to finish the demo, mm-hmm. but uh, it was fun. Yeah, it's, it's on my it's on my radar. Yeah, and it's coming to Switch as well. Exactly, I still got to have like the little in development stuff in front of me. I'm like, yeah, yep. I will buy this on Switch. Yeah, for sure, I will pick it up definitely. Uh, but before that, it was gonna. I think it was coming to Vita, and I was like, I'll get it on Vita. And now it's like Switch. I'm like, sorry, Vita, I'm getting it on Switch. But it's like, but I can still be fun. No, the Switch, Switch man. 
Uh, but yeah, that was the only indie I played solo. Like the rest of them, I the, the other couple I played, you played as well. Yep. So um, as I promised on Twitter, I did play Fighters, Dragon Ball Fighters. How many times? Uh only only three times. Three times. Yep. One of them on the Friday, and then I think uh today or yesterday, just twice back to back. Yep. Because because no, it was it was so quick because basically you line up, you do like a, a round. And then you can, like, you just move on. So it was rotating really quickly. Yeah. Uh, I got to play a couple of matches on a fire stick, which I'm realizing that fire stick is obviously better for the game. Yep. But my brain just, <laughs> it didn't have the time to process the big buttons yep. compared to my small buttons that I'm You're so like, used to. Oh, just yeah, just like, okay. Down the thing, yeah. That's square. Don't, that's square. Remember that. As opposed to going, this is square. This small button here is square. That big button square. <laughs> My brain had a real struggle with that. It's been so long <laughs> since I used a fight stick. But, uh, yeah, that game is still looking gorgeous. Still the l- ridiculous love letter to Dragon Ball that I've been waiting for since probably Budokai 3 on the PS2. Right. Um, I got to actually build my team this time, which in the beta that I was in, you couldn't do. You basically had, like, pre-selected builds. So I could actually pick my teammates, which is basically the same as my builds anyway, uh, with Freezer in the front. Uh, yeah, that game's gorgeous. Combat's so satisfying. It's fast-paced, and you've just got to be on the ball at all times. Button mashing can get you so far. The combos, again, because it's by Arc System Works, they'd like to not keep it easy. Yeah. But you can do enough if you don't have much knowledge about the more complex fighting games. Okay. But, like, as you dive deeper is when you really start opening it up, like, and controlling the map. Like, for example, Freezer has so much... He has a lot of energy attacks. He's got a lot of stuff that can sort of control the ground level. Okay. Which, if an enemy doesn't want to be in the air, they want to be on the ground, they don't have that option. Because he can just basically send stuff directly across the map and they've got to go up, to which he can just sort of just launch up there and get him. And it's just... Knock him out, yeah. yeah so it, it's just like lots of little neat things there. Nothing too revolutionary for fighting games, but when you chuck a Dragon Ball skin on it and make it look gorgeous, I'm all about it. Uh, that game's looking incredible. That's getting close now. It's like January that comes out. Yes. For... For PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, then there was Monster Hunter World. Oh, I'm actually really sad I didn't go and play this one. Yeah, so this game was actually tucked away at the Sony booth. Because I remember seeing Capcom Australia say it was going to be at PAX. And I was like, okay, cool. I will look for a Capcom booth. Rookie mistake. It yep. was in the Sony booth, which I guess in hindsight makes sense. Because I don't think I've seen a Capcom set up there no. in the past. And it, of course it would be because it's a Sony exclusive. Exactly, yeah. So I queued up for that. So they just paid that money for it. They're going to get their fucking money exactly, back out of it. Yeah. Exactly. I have not played a great deal of Monster Hunter. Right. I played a bit of Monster Hunter Try on Wii and then Wii U. And I think I played the demo for like four. Yeah. That's the one I played the most yes. of. Which wasn't much, but I played the most of that one, yeah. Yeah, so my knowledge is limited. But what I played of World felt really good. I know ever since it's been revealed, there's been like concerns from Monster Hunter fans about how dialed back it is complex complexity wise i can't i can't say anything on that front because i don't know yep but what i played i felt like in in monster hunter try at the start again the demo probably puts you at a certain point for a reason but i felt like i had a better handle on what i was doing than i normally do in a okay. monster hunter game again it could just be a point i put you in the demo like, all right i don't know if that was i doubt it was starting gear but like i was very i was very much in control of my of what i was my character was able to do Tracking monsters is significantly easier. 
again, you still have like the the big zones that are all sort of sectioned off. But yeah, obviously with the open world aspect, you sort of move more freely through them, which is nice. It always felt a bit weird in the other Monster Hunters that they were just cut off by load screens. Yeah, um, but obviously as well, like they were made for. They became it, it, beca- made it, it became a portable franchise yeah, basically because exactly, yeah. Japan plays on what's popular. Yep, and so Monster Hunter went from the PSP. So the 3DS, yep. and you know, that's handheld devices, there are limitations. And that's a, yeah, that's a trade-off. Yeah, until now that Sony's got it back on the PS4. Yeah. With, I don't know how much money, but it's there. So, a, a bit. Penny, yeah. A bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the world's a lot more open. It looks really nice. The monsters just, it's just, the idea of Monster Hunter has always appealed to me. Yeah. I like the idea of just going to a place and there are creatures but you're looking for a particular monster and you just hunt it down. You can ignore the wildlife. If you're a monster, you can kill it yourself and harvest their remains, I guess. If you're... Hey, you're going to make money somehow, Karen. <laughs> then do the, do the contract. Yeah, but if I'm going to get a little bit of extra scratch on the way there, I'm going to do that. Just do the contract, mate. Yeah. But uh, So I played initially with like a weapon called the Switch Axe, which sort of, I guess, the best way to describe it is, I think it was called the Switch Axe, I hope it was, because that's what I was. That's what I've been calling it. Yep, was essentially a weapon that was an axe in like a big and small form. I guess like okay. so. Essentially, like you could transform it with I think R two or triangle, one of those two. And the larger weapon swung slower, smaller one swung faster. So pretty Sword cleaver. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. pretty basic stuff right there. And the second weapon I didn't get to play with more was like a pair of blades. Okay. Which, like, they were called Demon Blades, or that was what their ability was called. Yeah. Pretty standard, quick attacks, but, like, they have a transform feature where you, like, tuck them behind your back when you run. I'm like, that. I want more of that, but then my demo ended. So you do Naruto run, basically. Yeah, Naruto run with daggers behind your back. I'm like, yes. Can we just, like, everyone can Naruto run now, please? It's it's the best. Mario Naruto Mario can Naruto run. Yeah, it's awesome. He's all about it. It's awesome. Um, So, yeah, I I successfully killed the first monster, monster, whose name I've forgotten. But he was just like a big lizard. He had a soft underbelly. Yep. Hated it being cut. So I just cut it. I can't imagine he would have liked it. No. So I just kept cutting it until he died. Yep. Pretty basic, really. Seems legit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the second one I didn't get to find, unfortunately. I got so close. I was closing in. Because essentially as you track it, like you'll... There's little like green firefly things, I guess. Little green lights. You can follow them along the monster's trail. There's like footprints you can look at. And, like, grass that's been through or, like, scratch marks along the ground that's been walking. Carcasses it's left behind. Aye. So, kind of like, like, Witcher 3? Sort of, yeah, actually. But you're not Geralt, I guess. Yeah. Uh, You're just a guy in some armor with a really big sword. Yeah, you're not a witcher. You're just some some ridiculous anime bullshit character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, And I, again, I... It's something that works better for me because... In the other Monster Hunter games, it's easy to sort of get lost. Yeah. And it was nice to have a better idea of where the monster would be. Again, it could be pretty optional. You don't have to do it from what I can tell. What I can tell, Like, you can walk okay. past it. I think you get enough of an idea to sort of track it. But it just it might just be there to make it a bit easier for people like me who are like, no, where's the monster? Yeah. Because that's the thing. That's the thing that, yeah, like you said, a lot of people were worried about, but if it's just a case of making things accessible but optional, then I'm all for that. Yeah, like, like I understand the bitterness of people who want Monster Hunter Double Cross. Yeah, and because like, it's kind of weird when not getting it. Yeah, but like 
you know, if you're making a game and if you're Sony as well, if you're paying this much money for this game, you want as many people as possible to play it. Oh yeah, you want so many bums in seats or well, that's controllers thing. in hands. Yeah. Un- undoubtedly, Monster Hunter has already won Japan. Like, oh, that's for sure. not, that's not even a question for Capcom. So now, Capcom's focus is all right. How do we package this really popular game in Japan to the West? Yeah, because I mean, let's not be let's not mess around here. Capcom themselves, they're doing okay, but they're not doing great. Yeah, that that Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. That debacle has been a mess. Resident Evil Seven has has it's made its money back now. Like it met like the sales requirements or whatever that is, but it finally hit those numbers. But like Capcom in general is a company that like you always look at it and go, man, you guys are still here, and I don't mean in a mean way, but I wonder how long until you get picked up by someone else. Yeah, but, take um, down to the wing. Yeah, but thankfully Monster Hunter World is looking good, awesome. I'm excited to play it. It comes out the same week as Dragon Ball Fighters. It's gonna be a rough week, uh, but I just I, I don't, the other thing I didn't like, and again I sort of understand it because it's the best way to know the game's gonna run better. But it was solo hunts, and I kind of wanted to jump in with five, uh, with three buddies and do like a big four player hunt. But hopefully we can get enough people on board when the game comes out and do do four player hunts then. Well, come there just for my birthday, so you know. True. True. So maybe maybe you'll join me in. Happy hunts. birthday to me! Time to go hunting for monsters. Yeah. Uh, the last game I played solo was it's a little game called Detroit Become Human. Right. Okay. By, so by Quantic Dream. Can we start off by talking about what was outside the booth for just Detroit Become Human? Okay, we can. But first, we need to preface what Detroit is. True. So Detroit Become Human is basically set in a world, I guess, where androids are just the norm. Androids have basically become the working... They're basically like household appliances. Yeah. yeah like everyone's a, got like, one. Like a kettle or a yeah. toaster. Yeah, or an iPhone. They're like, yeah. they're like the iPhone of the future, yeah. Yeah. So Sony actually had like a little display along the side of the, the Detroit section of their booth where they had a couple of like rotating people, obviously. Yeah. Um, dressed and made up as androids. Just yeah. sort of standing in there sort of like, like motioning towards the crowd of waves. I saw one guy trying to like like with hand signals, I think, in like the, I, I like basically say that he would babysit that guy's kid if he if he was to purchase this android. Oh right, yeah, which was just like, man, I really appreciate that, but that must be a rough gig. Yeah, oh yeah, they, were, I, I was, I was impressed. I love the idea of it. It's really cool. It was a really cool idea, and like definite props to the the, uh, the performers that were in there. Dedicated, yeah, really dedicated. I hope they got paid handsomely. For that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then essentially, I line up there, I. I waved at them a couple times because, like, at a certain point, your line looks straight into their thing, and you're kind of like, "Hey, sort of waiting to play the game here." But okay, uh, so they take you in there, and you got to watch like a very brief video from I forget his name, but someone from Quantic Dream. Okay, he said it was a shame. <laughs> he wishes he could be down here. I'm like, uh, is this just for Australia, or is this a general recording? I, don't know. I wish I could be there. I wish you. I could be in insert country here. I wish I could be there in. <laughs> Sorry for listening at home. I covered my mouth like in the in Simpsons episode. Classic Simpsons moment. Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so essentially he, we got a little video giving us a short rundown of what to expect. Uh, honestly, the best way to describe Detroit Become Human is if you've played Heavy Rain or Beyond Two Souls or any David Cage game, you sort of know what you're getting into. Okay. Uh, yeah, the setting is the one that's been shown in a lot of trailers, and I think it was shown at 
E3 this year, it's the hostage situation. Yeah, it seems to be the one that they've been touring around, because I think it was the same one that was at EB Expo as well. Yeah, so you, you take control of Connor, who's essentially a negotiator. You're there to negotiate basically the the well-being of a young young girl who's been taken hostage by, I think Daniel is the name of the android in question. And your job is to keep her alive and get her away from Daniel. There are so there are a lot of ways it can go. Yep. And it's all based on how much evidence you gather from investigating the environment, to how you approach him and actually engage him in conversation. And like honestly, like all all of the usual things from a David Cage Quantic Dream game are here. Yeah. Uh you've got if you hold down R2, it basically it seemed to freeze time, you could sort of spin the camera around and it would highlight points of interest and that was how you found most of your stuff which was again sort of standard it reminded me a lot of norman jaden from heavy rain norman norman jaden fbi yeah. yeah with his little magic sunglasses from yeah, the future and I, his crippling drug addiction i mean yahtzee crochet just like likes to imagine him as a time traveler yep i like that too he probably thinks he's a time traveler from all the drugs and his and his little blurry fbi badge yep yep uh but yeah so you sort of investigate the environment, pick up clues, and piece together the the story of this area, which is fine. Uh, the coolest thing actually was there are there are certain events you can reconstruct by like rewinding what happened. Okay, and there are points you focus on the sort of like I found like a gun and like okay. stuff like that from the environment. So it's just stuff you can like add to your arsenal, and every time you pick stuff up, it sort of tallies up your probability of success. Right. Sounds very familiar to um, how Tacoma plays in terms of like its storytelling. Oh, okay. So like you can watch a scene, yeah, and people will leave the scene, and then you can rewind that scene, go back, and then like when that person leaves, you can follow them, and then go and see another part of the scene that happens in another. Oh, okay. Room. A lot of these are, are like self-contained. Though. Okay, yeah, self-contained yeah. like little vignettes, I guess, or vignettes. Okay, yeah. So, for example, the best one I can think of is I found. I think it was the dad and it was just one of him honestly just being sh- just shot and i was like whoa okay uh, it's like a short like five second thing you can you can play it through by holding r2 and then l2 rewinds it back to the start and you sort of go through it and there are like parts you can triangle on and you'll be like cool this is important information that i'm going to keep and you go through you find out it looks like this family was basically looking like they were going to replace this android with a new one which obviously i mean Fair enough, you're going to replace a kettle with a new kettle. Yeah. That old kettle's not going to have any hard feelings. No, because it's not sentient. Yeah. yeah. But these androids sort of seem to be having some issues with the old emotion stuff. Yeah, I kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah. So it ultimately culminates in you going out there to approach him and trying to get her back. I did okay. I saved her. I went over the edge with him, but I saved the girl. Oh. Yeah, so I didn't get the, the best ending. He made a sacrifice for the greater good. Yeah, not intentionally. Let's be yeah, honest here. Like, I tried approaching him, I tried reasoning, I was being honest. He was like, do you have a gun? I'm like, yep. He's like, get rid of him. I'm like, all right. He's <laughs> like, get rid of his helicopter. Go away, helicopter. <laughs> tried my best to accommodate him, but I think I didn't get close enough because I, I probably could have grabbed him or something to sort of solve the situation. Yeah. Instead, ultimately, my action was basically to tackle him and push the girl back. So, well, I guess she survived. Yeah, and I, you... I don't know how that works for the game because again, in, in Heavy Rain, generally speaking, characters stuff could happen to them, but mostly they were safe until certain points in the story. Yeah, I'm curious to know if like if that happens, like is is that it? Is this kind of just gone? Maybe maybe he gets rebuilt as a 
Android somehow. Maybe, they I mean, I mean consciousness. who knows? He is an Android, so they technically could just have a backup. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, then that's probably how they do it. Which, like, ah, you fucked your body up, and I'll just re- download you from the cloud. Which then I wonder is like, how does how do the consequences work then? Because it seems true. Because as much as Heavy Rain, I had issues with it. It was kind of cool that there were points where it's like, no, this character's dead. He's like, these, are, these dead are important now. choices. That's yeah. their story is now done. Yep. And it's like, I really liked that. Like, that's one of the things I take away from Quantic Dream stuff is there's often you'll make choices that have consequences and you just will not get the rest of that story. And it's cool. Yeah. I assume Detroit will be the same, but like, I just, it's hard to tell from that demo. Uh, mostly I'm happy with it. It was good. It still has those controls I'm not crazy about. Yeah. Walking around is a bit, eh. And yep. again, like you've got the pressure of it's like, I don't know for sure if you just, if you stood there. Would it just fix itself? I guess it would. Like, the girl would probably die. But, like, constantly as you're moving through the environment, stuff's happening. Like, I saw another cop get shot. I tried to help a cop out on the actual balcony near the guy. I was like, look, this guy needs medical assistance. And he's like, don't you touch him. I'm like, I'm just going to apply a tourniquet. And he, he fired on my hands. going, you leave him alone. I'm like, all right. Whoa, so, sorry, whoa, officer. <laughs> weapons free. Yeah, Calm gotta, down. Got to keep this kid alive. Sorry, officer. But uh, ultimately, it didn't matter. Because we both went down. And yep. The kids survived. But it was good. It was good. Downloaded from the cloud. Yeah, exactly. Just uploaded back up. Yeah. It's no problem. Um, but yeah, that's basically the end of the stuff I played solo. Yeah. Now we can, we can sort of go in together. Okay. Yes, so. We like, dive into what we both played. Um, generally at the same time. Yeah, well, I think for the most part. Yeah, it was if not at the same time, close, close. Between. Yeah, exactly. Within within a couple of minutes of each other. So, uh, first thing we'll start off with a couple of indies that we played. Yeah. Um, did you want to do the uh, infallibility first? Yeah, that was sort of like a spur of a moment thing. We yeah. walked past and there was a demo session available shortly after we went there. It's a game that I've seen like the last two packs. Yeah. Um, and it's it's out now. You can buy it. I like their their setup because I've got one of the like inflatable guys. There. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, I love it. So basically, yeah, Inflatality is a uh, is a like a two D fighting game where your fighters are like wacky waving inflatable arms holding two men, um, that you would see at the front of like a car dealership or something. Um, they've got different ones with different stats and different super abilities and stuff like that. It's very simple. It's very dumb. It's very silly. But I had a ball playing that game. <laughs> it's so stupid. And it's, it's it's just satisfying, just like yeah. flailing around at each other and just like trying to smack each other down. I mean, say what you will about like button mashing and fighting games, but this game seems to be like you are literally just like flick. Because like you control your movement with the left stick. Yeah, yeah. And But like R2 switches which arm, because you basically yeah. swing them with the right stick. Yeah. And you can switch which arm you're moving at, that, at any given time. Yeah. And you sort of, got, I was winging it. I didn't really. Yeah, like, I, I didn't either. But like, mm. I had fun. It oh was yeah, good. and like some of the supers are great. Like I had like a meteor storm thing. You had like a giant. You turn my air fist into a hammer and started smacking me with it. Um, it seemed like you did more damage when you hit me on the head with your meteor as well. Yeah, because I can like aim at where it was going to land. Yeah. By the time I figured out that I could do- like try to dodge it, it was way too. Long. <laughs> it was um. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really liked that. Uh, it, I, it'd be a game if it came as a Switch and it was like, they were selling it for like $8 today. If it was like that, I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? It'd be good, like, in between rounds of something, just like, you want to play around in fatality? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And it would work too because there's like four buttons. So you could use, you could play with Joy Cons. Perfect for tabletop mode. Yeah. Um, 
Missing Unless it, I say about that. Is it on PC? Is it? It's on. It's on PC. Anything else or just PC? I think it's on just PC. Okay. At the moment. Okay. Cool. Um, I don't know if they're going to bring it out with anything else. Oh, well, it's, it's fun. It always seems pretty popular when it's at, uh, at PAX. So it's one of those fun games. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting too. Like it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a really weird concept, but I love it. So, um, but yes, but the main indie that we played, we were both very excited to play. I was very excited to play anyway. Yeah, like you were excited to play. I I was like, oh, I'll go have a look at it. Mm. I think I went because you went. This is when you. Were, I played when you were in story time. Yes. I just happened to be walking past it and was just like, oh, that's the game Joel was talking about. Yeah. Um, so uh, the game in question is Necro Barista um, by, I can't remember the name of the studio. It's it is something. Route 59, I think. Route 59? Um, yes. Yeah, awesome. So they're a Melbourne-based uh, like uh, dev studio um, based in Carlton, I believe, uh, they told me. Um, really nice guys that were there. Uh, really nice guys. Uh, and basically, yeah, Necro Brewster is a visual novel uh, set in Melbourne in a cafe run by a necromancer. Awesome. Yeah, a, a hipster necromancer, I should say, Even as well. Better. Um, so it's it's basically like, yeah, it's set in this, like, hipstery Melbourne cafe with, like, all your regular hipstery patrons that would come in. On the on the upstairs. On the upstairs. And then downstairs is where um, the, the necromancer, I think her name was Maddie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She holds, uh, basically, like a game of death down there. It's so good. Uh, by, by playing Five Finger Filet. So, which I would be terrible at. Yeah. Exactly. I, I won't lie. Like I was, I didn't think it would happen, but I was a little bit scared. I'm like, is this gonna be? Do I, do I have to like? Yeah. I can have input on this. I was so relieved when I was just like clicking through. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And it'd be cool if, if at certain points you had to do something though, like maybe, yeah, like a, maybe like a quick, quick demo. Not like. for the demo. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they're saying I don't want to. I don't want to mess up. I want to, and I, mm. I and it was just nice. Like I was, it was enough to get me into that world and let me go. I'm interested. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, it is a visual novel. Yes. So it is. There's a lot of text, a lot of reading, a lot of static screens. But like, but, even as a visual novel, like it's not like like for example, like visual novels. I think of like Zero Time Dilemma. Yep. Or, or House of Boyfriend. Yeah. Or even like some of the cutscenes of Persona. Yep. Where it's like text box character yep but like this was sort of like cutscenes. it had transitions it yeah had, there was like like really cool animations going on there was like reaction shots again was... i'm not sure if you can like set it in the full game to to like auto progress but like essentially you click to progress a dialogue yeah. and as you do that like the scenes play out yeah exactly um i loved that yeah that was I, cool it, it felt so much more engaging it felt like i was playing a game yeah and just like reading a book with some pictures yeah which, which i'm is, fine i'm still fine with exactly it. I, I i have no problems with but like it felt like a game i'm cool with like trying new things with, with visual novels exactly. as well it was a good way to sort of mask the visual novelist yeah but also not mask it so um i love this game karen i'm i'm glad i played it <laughs> yeah it's got great writing um, I'm really interested to see where the characters are going to go. A couple really... of choice Australian jokes in there. Exactly, yeah. The writing's really, really fun. Um, also, it was well-received at TGS. Yes. Yes, very well-received. I think it's it's gathering a lot of decent press around. Which is cool. Um, for, for, yeah, for a Melbourne-built Melbourne game, which there was a lot of the packs as well, which was really cool. Yes, there was. The, all the, the, the proudly made Melbourne signs up everywhere. Yeah. yeah for sure. Um, but yeah, I am I can't wait for Necro Brewster. It's coming out, like, I think, early 2018. Coming to PC and Switch. There's that S word I like to hear. Boom. Yes. Again, if it's on Switch, I will buy it. Oh, 100%. Day one, I'm buying that game. Um, the art style is gorgeous. I love it. It's this weird sort of like 
it kind of looks like the animation from like say One Punch Man almost. Yeah, kind of has that weird. Like some of the characters look sort of like really simple, simply like drawn, but in a good way. Um, and the music was really cool too. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those games that like as much as I enjoy the demo, I would love to play it in my house on my couch with headphones on. Yep, so I can be fully immersed. Just like absorb it. Yep, it was really good. Yeah. I'm nice. super keen to see more of that. Yes, and the guys, the, the guys there, um, like demoing it, were really lovely too. Yeah, so good to chat to. Really good people. Um, and I got a sweet sticker for my laptop. Me too, actually. I have a sticker in my bag, but I'm, I'm not yeah, sure I'm gonna yeah. stick it. Well, I'll put it somewhere. It's on my laptop right now. It's really cool. Oh, congratulations! It's my drop bear Gus one and my <laughs> filthy casual one, and yeah, um, yeah, cool. So uh, that was Necro Barista. Next, we played uh, a whole bunch of AAA titles as well. Um, starting off with Code Vein. Yeah. So back to the old the old band Bandai Namco Namco Bandai. I can never remember which one's I think more it's important. Bandai Namco. Now. It's Bandai Namco now. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I I think it's just Bamco. Yeah. It's what it's abbreviated yep. to lovingly on the internet. Good old Bamco. Good old Bamco. Uh, so Code Vein. I don't really know the best way to describe it besides just keeping it short and sweet and saying mm. it's basically anime Bloodborne. Yep. And then Bloodborne slash Dark Souls. With all, a, a few other mechanics. Yeah, with some extra bells and whistles that I'm still not convinced of. But again, those sort of games are really hard to demo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. First of all, like, it's very... Because here's the thing. What were you doing when you were lining up for Code Vein? Where were you looking? At screen. At, the, at people playing? Yeah. Yeah, that's for, that's for worst fear. Yep. Like, those games... The game wasn't... It's, again, if you're going to be like a Soulsborne game, and it, I'm not saying give us private booths to yeah. play and not be scared, but you're like, oh boy, don't judge me, please. You've got that. Pr- you're always going to have that pressure of people standing behind you and going, that guy just died. I've there. never played this game before. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of like button combos and a lot of like yeah. things to take in. So you need like I, I feel like you need a good like 20 minutes with that game, yeah, at I, least to get a good feel. I, was, for it. I spent a, like maybe a good 30, 40 seconds just looking at the controls, going, oh, yeah. okay, let's try to figure this out. Because again, a lot of the stuff you expect from a Souls game are there. You've got your parry, heavy light attacks, and all that sort of stuff. You've got consumables on your D pad, mm-hmm. spells, spells. Yeah, so spells worked a bit differently than they would in the Souls game, mm-hmm. wherein they weren't attached to your D pad. You would hold R two. Yep. And then you would be able to trigger them by pressing buttons. Yeah, so it's the R2 and then the face buttons, basically. Yeah, yeah. which was... Again, that took some getting used to, like... Mm. like it's a, it, I mean, it's a, it is an interesting and probably more logical way of doing it, but... I'm trying to think what R2 typically does in a Souls game. Uh, that's usually your heavy attack. Heavy attack, yeah. Yeah, because it's usually not... In the, again, not usually in the face buttons. So... And you also have the option... Like, there's a backstab that I couldn't pull up, unfortunately... I did successfully parry, but I couldn't get the attack, which I think was the drain, yeah, to like I, work I, properly. No, I couldn't get it to work. Uh, but yeah, like overall, it was. This is a game that I've been interested in since the trailers came out, but mm. I've never been not been convinced. But I feel a bit more confident in it now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's on my radar now, but I'm not. I'm not super sold by it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is fair. Like it's it's again it's it's easy to be like hey I'm gonna be a Soulsborne game yeah you got to prove it um unlike the next game though next game yes <laughs> I'm super solid so what was the next game Joel the next game was Nino Kuni Two Revenant Kingdom I am one hundred percent in on this game after playing it today it was so fucking good <laughs> well yeah and we actually both picked the same yes we did one. yeah because I, I they gave you four options and I. 
yeah. different play styles of, of yeah that kind of I was like I, I want to do more but I, I don't have time for all of them if I'd had time I would have gone back and played the other four the the re- other three yeah yeah the reason I picked the one I did because was because I've heard people who've demoed it talk about the combat and I was like well I want to try that That's what I, I want to try well. the combat and yep. the one we picked was with the wyvern the wyvern one yep, yep. so it's basically a small dungeon yeah yep. small dungeon there was some overworld stuff which was again that's all still pretty standard in yep. Makuni little chibi sprites running yep. around Combat Virgil. Real time. I love it. It was so good. Like, it, it was basically like you had, uh, like a light attack on square, heavy attack on triangle. Um, you could jump or circle. You could jump. You do like, you like could, a slam attack with your tri- heavy attack. Yep. You could dodge roll. Like, yep. Oh, man. And then you had spells equipped to, again, holding an R2, and you could do like spells. And I know it sounds really like, hypocritical of us they're saying this that we were just going yeah I don't know if that really worked very well for, but in different this games. different games in this game I feel like it worked really well and that like the things were easy to pull off like you press the button it's like oh cool that one heals oh that one does like a giant like, AoE attack oh that one yeah. does like a fireball I also really liked the L2 button which was like you could if you tapped it you fired like a little like a little magic blast oh yeah and if you hold it you basically charge a spell and then unleash a bunch of them and it was yep. just it was cool. And it was great because it was like, you know, at certain points, like, because they were wyverns, they'd fly up into the air and you're like, I can't reach them up there. I'm like, oh, cool. And you just pick them out of the air with the yeah. with the, the ranged attack and they'd fall down and you run back in and hit them on the ground. Exactly. It was really good. Um, the little groups of Pikmin that were around you as well. What, about, you... what are their names? I'd... I have no idea. I think they're giblets or something like with, that. It starts with G. It's I like, think. yeah. Giblets. Pikmin's something. a fan name because they reminded me of that. Yeah, exactly. But like they'd be around there and like if you, st- I don't know how to trigger them if you have to stand near them for long enough or. Yeah, I'm not sure what it was. I just noticed it like, incrementally like circles would pop up and I'd yep. go stand in and press X and like the green ones would shield you. Mm-hmm. The the purple ones did like something. It was like, like a, a giant fucking um, like supernova. Yeah, thing, yeah, like of like dark looking energy. I was like, okay, that seems like it would be good. Contained black holes. Yeah. And I don't know what triggered it, but at a certain point, I also got like, like a super mode where I was like glowing, and I was fucked. I did heaps of damage, and yep. all of my R two spells were huge. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's uh, it just feels so good. I like I enjoyed what I played of of the first Nino Kuni, um, but the turn based stuff was it was good. This one, like having it as like actual action combat. I'm like, that's so much better. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love it. I, it feels so much more fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't remember much of the first game. No. But, again, that was, it was a PS3 game. It was so long ago now, unfortunately. Yeah. But I'm super keen on this game. Yeah. I'm in. I'm so in. Comes out next January. Yes. My birthday. As, as we said, like, this video game stuff is, it keeps going. It's oh, not, yeah. It's not stopping. Oh, yeah. Um, But I'm, oh, man. That's I, the, the Studio Ghibli charm as well. Yep. Which I, I don't think they're technically... In... Not by name. No, but there are still people who used to work. Yeah. Yeah, like the, mu- the music's still by Joe Hisashi. It's so beautiful. It's the same composer they have. It was so beautiful. I loved it. But I think they have been sort of, so like, not separating, but like, they're not as direct. They don't want to be called like a Studio Ghibli game. Yeah, exactly. Which is fair enough. But it... It is. It, like, the art style is Ghibli. And the charm, like you said, and, like, the, the whole general feel of it all just yeah. felt like a Ghibli story. Like, yeah, it was... 
Oh, I'm so excited. It definitely that. was good. I'm very, very excited. I'm, I'm, I went from being like, oh yeah, I really, I'm interested in playing that game to like, this is a 100% purchase for me. Put on the list. Yeah. Is a 100%. I'm going to be in my library by the time it comes out. So yeah. Yeah. When it comes out. Uh, okay. So the next thing we played that we're going to talk about that we played, uh, was probably the coolest experience we had all weekend. It was really good. Yeah, so we had heard rumors that Sea of Thieves, well, we'd heard that Sea of Thieves was playable at the show. Yeah, like, like Microsoft tweeted it. Yeah, they're like, yep, Sea of Thieves here. And we're like, fuck yeah, let's play Sea of Thieves because it looks great. We've, we've been excited for it in the past. Let's go hands on with it and see how we feel about it. What we didn't know was where it was located. Um, we tried the booth, the, the Microsoft booth wasn't there. Nothing there. Then we started hearing rumors that apparently, like. I like it, like, it was literally rumors. It was, it was rumors. And like, uh, so if you're not familiar with where PAX is, it's at the Melbourne Convention Centre. Uh, outside the Convention Centre, there is a, a big boat, like an old boat called Polly Woodside. Uh, you can go for tours through and all that sort of stuff. Like it's a, it's a tourist attraction. Um, and on the side of Polly Woodside, they had like Sea of, Fle- sea of Thieves flags and things. And we're like, hang on. And then we started hearing whispers that uh, apparently the Sea of Thieves booth was located inside Polly Woodside. Which is perfect yep so we ended up finding the entrance uh there was a bit of a line we waited for about 40 minutes i think it was an hour but like the, the reason is the demo was a meaty 30 mm. minutes yeah like half an hour of being a sweet pirate yep um and not only that it was in fact on a fucking ship so basically you went on you went up onto the ship and below the deck they had a bunch of the demo units set up yep great it was awesome uh we got some sweet pins with some sweet sleeve tattoos. Eye patch. An eye patch, yeah. It was, I, I think, my favourite sort of uh, experience from the weekend. Just what a way to play that game. And, I mean, the game itself, we should probably talk about as well. Yes. Um, I liked it. Yeah, like, now that Microsoft has finally let RAM make something interesting. Yep. Oh, it's so, it's so good. I feel like it has the potential to be something really special. Yeah. A really interesting, like, co-op competitive experience. It felt it did feel like a living, breathing world, and 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 like everyone was able to assume a role. Yep, like we and we all our... swapped at certain points as yeah. well. Like you know, it's at one point like someone was loading the cannons, and a person was looking at the map, and then that person would go and look up the the, the crow's nest. So I'd go down and look at the map, and then someone else would keep loading cannonballs. It's like yeah, like adjusting sails, exactly. Yeah, spinning the wheel, like the yeah, it's you know, like little moving parts everywhere. that sort of everyone can get involved with, yep. like raising and dropping the anchor. Mm. Um, and so we were we spent a good while figuring that out. Yeah, yeah. And then we we're like, let's let's try and find someone. We said we liked it. We didn't say we were very good at it. No, we, yeah. we, we were okay. We were okay. We but basically our goal become became okay. We can steer the ship. Yep. Let's try and fight someone. Yeah. Well, we were. What happened was we were heading to a, like one of the the treasure maps that we had. Yeah. In our, in our possession, we realized that. Everyone else was heading to that same treasure map, so we're like, "Well, shit, it's going to be a bloodbath out here, isn't it?" So we immediately started trying to take down the other ships, which didn't go very well for us. No, it did not. Yeah, because as as it turns out, uh, we like firing cannons is as tricky yeah. as you imagine firing a cannon would be. Yep. So it's all first person as well. Like the, the entire game's first person. So yeah, you're standing on the side, waiting for the perfect shot, to, like that that boat to line up, and then try and fire, get the right angle, and try and yeah, judge the arc and the distance, and yep. the way you're moving and the way they're moving. Yep. I think wind as well, and just oh, waves course, yeah. up and down. It was 
it's a lot to take on. But man, when you got a hit, you were just like, yes, I, I did it. I got him. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do no, that. No, we, 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 also, we sunk. <laughs> oh, we did that, yeah. But apparently, you can, like, load yourself into a cannon and fire yourself yes. onto the other ship. Uh, I believe I showed it at the E3 demo this yep. year. He, like, the guy loaded himself on a cannon and fired himself onto the island. So cool. Which is great. Um, I wish I'd tried it now. Yeah, I know. I wish I'd tried it as well. But yeah, our ships aren't... Yeah. We swam around for a bit. I I was swimming for a while. Yeah. And occasionally I saw a shark fin. And I decided the best way to deal with that was to just not look underwater. Yep. Just didn't pretend want it doesn't know. exist. Yep. I didn't get eaten, so I guess it worked. It's true. But uh, ultimately our, our adventures in Inga Pirate was not a success. Nope. However, the people who sunk us... Yeah. Then decided to disembark their ship. Yep. And go get some treasure. So the one surviving member of our crew, because we we wandered around for a bit and then respawned on a. Yeah, a mermaid appeared and was like, "I will return you to your ship." And we yeah. basically got sent to the island because our ship was yeah, sunk. Exactly. Uh, but one of our one of our friends was still alive and swimming around. And actually, this is when the demo ended, unfortunately, so we didn't see get to see how this would have ended up. But basically, he swam up to the dock to the ship that had been parked on shore. And proceeded to try and steal it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the demo event ended. Yeah. Which sucked. I was like, how is that going to go down? He was on his own, so he well, had to, like, try to raise the anchor, change sails, yeah, and then... Nightmare. Yeah. Um, But, like, you got drunk. I played some music. You did. It was I, fun. I got yelled at for trying to drink out of my, my, um, my mug of ale. Our good friend Ben yelled at us. He assumed the captain position. Yeah. I, I wish we'd put him down in the, in the brig down below the yeah. deck. Yeah. Mutiny. Just mutiny immediately. Yeah, straight up. Straight up mutiny. I, not my captain. Not my captain. Not my... Hashtag not my captain. Hashtag not my captain. Um, but yeah, definitely I, I would like to play it, but I don't have an Xbox One or a PC. Just happy for Rare. I really they've had a chance to finally just be like, to break free of whatever Connect or Avatar things they're doing and make an interesting game. There was a lot of positive buzz going around about it too with people who had played it. Yeah. I like, think having that interesting location for it obviously helped as well. But Xbox, not to be too mean, but like Xbox might have a winner on their hands here. Oh yeah. This might shift in some units. Like and like the good thing is like if we end up with good enough PCs, it will be on PC. Yep, true. Yeah. So, so that's not, you know, within six months we might play, be playing this. Yeah. Like I think it'll be very cool. Fingers crossed. Um but Next is an interesting one. So this is everyone was sort of like really murky and was like rumors. <laughs> yeah. So we'd heard that maybe Doom on the Switch was there. We didn't know if it was going to be playable or anything like that. I saw a sign. I was like, okay, well Doom's there, but I couldn't see a place for it. Yeah, queue for it. I was like, what the? What? It was obviously you know for good reason as well. It was cordoned off with Skyrim as well. Yeah, but like they were showing the trailer on the screen in the queue for Skyrim. Because I, originally I thought, wow, it's doing it's pretty violent, and this is the Nintendo booth. Maybe they were like, just tuck it away. Tuck it away over here, and then people can ask for it. Like you have. <laughs> yeah, go to the, the uh, you know, show your ID. And, yeah, yeah, but they were showing the trailer in the queue for Skyrim. So I was mm. like, okay, well, I just watched a guy get decapitated. Yeah, true. Off, so whatever. Um, I did watch a small children play the next game we'll talk about, but. Uh, there was, like, a dad with, like, two probably about seven or eight-year-old kids playing that game. I saw a few things similar to that as well. Oh, I was like, come on, guys, really? Come on, Booth. Um, anyway, but... <laughs> so, Doom on Switch. It's serviceable. It, the, 
So it's hard because we both played Doom on PS4. We yeah. It looks good on PS4. It runs beautifully on PS4. Yeah. And then to sort of go to like I understood when they announced it that the Switch one would take a hit in yeah. performance. But even then, like sort of the blurriness with it was a bit was a lot of motion blur. It felt like PS3 motion blur. Yeah, and just in the nicest possible way. And to still have the frame rate issues that I encountered occasionally, not constantly, but there were still frame rate issues, which is sort of a, a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Again, in a game like Doom, where you're constantly moving and like firing and trying to get glory kills and all that. Yeah. It was a bit of a bummer. It was, yeah. I kind of was secretly hoping that it was going to be like a really, a really amazing port and everyone was going to be super impressed by it. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, I, I am still pretty impressed. I'm impressed by it too as well, but I don't think the general public are going to be. Oh, no. Not of any uh, level either. Also, if you're planning on getting this game and you're like, oh, I've got a Switch. I'd never played Doom. I might pick this up. I would recommend playing it on another console first for your first experience. That's just it's, me. It's not the best representation of Doom. No, no. Because that game is like, it is beautiful honestly if you can do it playing on pc like that's where it's best oh yeah yeah but even like i mean the frame rate's pretty damn good on ps4 yeah it's solid yeah um but yeah it was just it was a bummer because I, I was i i'm on even if it's i'm just happy bethesda's there oh yeah of, out of all the companies they would be there like a month or no six or seven months into the switch's launch i didn't think it would be bethesda going hey here's skyrim Oh, also his Doom, Wolfenstein's like around the corner. Yep. It's like, wow, Bethesda? Yeah. You guys have never really been on Nintendo platforms at all. This nope. is really cool. And they're all about it now. Which yeah. It's fucking great. It's great. Everyone else do it. But um, unfortunately, Doom, it, it's it's serviceable. Like, if if you have no other option, it's a good way to play it. Yeah. And if, or if you're interested in playing it through through it again and you just want to play it handheld mode. That's the thing, actually. I would have liked to have tried the handheld mode. I did have a go at a handheld oh, mode. Oh, did you? Yes. You could take it out. Oh, I didn't um, even think to try. I've already forgotten what the Switch is uh, Brennan told me about it. I was like, yep, yeah, cool. So I took it out. Um, Damn it. It's, yeah, it's... Was there, was there a change? Not really. Okay. Well, I mean, honestly, that would make me feel a bit better. Right. Like, running like that on the handheld, I'd be like, well, it's handheld mode. Yeah. It's, yeah. I could tell it was a bit of glare in there on the screen, so I couldn't really tell that much, but and it's a very dark game. I'd like to say that maybe it's an early build, but this game comes out in like two weeks, so I yeah. have to imagine it's pretty final. Unless I just didn't want to bring the final build. I mean, maybe. Like, got, like, a early build of it, but, I mean... Maybe, it's, it's maybe possible. that's their demo unit, because that seems to be the same demo unit that's been touring around since they announced yeah. it. Yeah. So. It is interesting, though, because, like, for a long time, like, they, it was revealed... When was that direct? Like, a month ago now or so? Something like that. Yeah. But we hadn't really seen any direct feed footage. A lot of it had been off-camera, and I think I'm beginning to understand why. Yeah. Trying to, like... Not not to hide it, but like, look, we want this game to look as good Just as... Just to not make the focus. Focus on the fact that you've got Doom on the Switch. Yeah, like, Doom's on the Switch, and look at this guy playing Doom on a handheld device. Yeah, exactly. Which is still really cool. Yep. But yeah, that's a shame. It is a shame. Um, And the last thing we've got on our list here is... Far Cry 5. By Ubisoft. By Ubisoft. Oobs. Um... I'm becoming a bit of a fan of Ubisoft again. Ubisoft are turning a new page. They are ticking boxes. Maybe it's that imminent hostile takeover. Maybe, I feel like maybe it is. Sort of go, oh, maybe we should be humans. Exactly. Um, but after things like Watch Dogs 2 and Mario and Rabbids King Battle, um, and I guess like Far Cry 3 as well. Not 4, but 3 I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so I was excited to get back to a Far Cry game. 
and the, the new setting looks very interesting. The storyline and the setup is very interesting. Um, it was fun. Yeah. I liked it. It's, I, it's another one of those games that is hard to demo because there's so much you can do in that game. So all you're going to get from a demo of that is like, ah, oh, fired some guns and I threw a grenade and I blew up a tanker and then people came and I shot them and it was fun. Like, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I was about to go get in a plane and do a plane oh. mission and the demo ended. I was like, fuck. I'm, re- I'm really curious as to how the flying is. Yeah, so I'm, me too. I'm bummed that you missed out. Mm. Uh, my experience was I attempted and failed immediately at stealth. So I was like, I'm going to sneak around this camp and I pressed R1. Oh. So for those who don't know what R1 does in this or any, oh, generally no. most games, I threw a stick of dynamite. Oh no. And it blew up. Yep. And everyone knew where I was. That's generally what dynamite does. Yeah. 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 So mm. then I got swarmed. I survived. It was mostly me just flailing with my baseball bat. Hey. But I survived. Uh, who'd you pick as your partner? The dog? Or... Uh, plain guy. Okay, cool. That might be... Okay, because I picked this sniper girl. Yeah. So I spoke to her first after you cleared that first area. Yep. I spoke to her and she's like, yeah, go talk to Nick. He's the pilot. Okay, cool. So and I drove down there. But I did call him at one point. You know how they had the big like petrol tanker in the middle of the road? I'm like, go fire at that. <laughs> and I waited for like 30 seconds. Like People were still shooting at me and stuff. I was hiding. And then I just sort of hear, here I come. And just, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and just lit the place up. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I, I like that. I told my sniper lady to go set up in the tower, and she was <sighs> she did a pretty good job of keeping eyes on me. She did go down at one point, so oh. it's actually I'm glad because mm. I was like I I don't like it when you put an AI somewhere and the enemies just so I'm not gonna get her. I'm gonna go for you. You're the bad yeah, guy. I'm like, like fuck. No, that's fair. But like, she's getting a lot of free shots. Exactly. On yeah. So I had to like haul my ass up there to res her at one point. That's when cool. I when I zip lined down. Oh, the zip uh, so that was fun. cool. Uh, but yeah, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to do much beyond that after the, I wrapped up that combat because I got in the car. Driving's not bad, I guess. It's okay. It's it's far cry. Driving. I jumped in a I'm huge sitting. truck. Oh yeah, it's far cry driving. Like it's not. It's part of a system, so it's yeah. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that they're sort of working on at the same time. Yeah. Um. Plus, we're about two months away from it. Anyway. Yeah. So there's still time for like a day one patch. Probably the biggest appeal of this game to me is like, it was fun, but knowing that it's co-op. Yeah. Is what sure. could get this game into my library. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm going to get it for sure because the story's hooked me. I'm interested. I want to see where that's going. I hope they have something in- interesting to say with that world and mm-hmm. they're not just like sort of going, hey, we could cash in on, cash in on this controversy. Be, being edgy for edgy sake. Yeah. That's, that's always a concern I have with this stuff because it's, there's a lot of potential there. Oh, yeah. To say something interesting. Oh, yeah. But, so I hope I do it. I, hope I, I really do hope they do it. In some capacity, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, boy. Well, that's that's about all we played. That's PAX. That's PAX. Yeah, that's about all we did. Um, PAX Attack. PAX Attack. Oh, I am so tired, Byron. Me too. I'm going to probably collapse to sleep. Yep. I think we should probably do that. So... Shall we wrap this one up? Sure shall. Let's do it. So as always, thank you for reaching this point in the podcast, for listening to us talk about video games, specifically for listening to us talk about video games we played at PAX. Uh, hopefully we came across mostly coherent and weren't too scatterbrained with our points. <laughs> it's been a, it's been three days of basically non-stop stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, if we're not, if we haven't been at PAX, you were working or we were playing D&D, yeah. which we didn't even discuss that hilarity. We can uh, talk about that later this week. Yeah, we can. It was pretty funny. Uh, as always, yeah, thanks for listening. If you want to keep up with us outside of here, you can find us on Twitter 
or Facebook by just searching for Dialogue Options. They're both the same account name. Uh, you can send us an email over to dialogueoptions at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to base, um, just sort of throw us some support, feel free to yeah either like or follow those relevant pages. Or on whatever podcast app of choice you listen to, chuck us a rating or a share or a subscribe. Whatever it takes. Like, it, it, it all helps out, really. All the helps, please. Yeah. Um, as for me personally, you can find me on Twitter at LennonNX, where honestly my Twitter account has just been PAX. It has been, I'm here playing this at PAX, this is yep. really fun at PAX, I met this person at PAX, it was really cool. Uh, where can I find you, Joel? You can find me at JollyMac, where one of the most interesting things that I tweeted, which was five days ago, was someone saying, I'm sorry, hashtag Overwatch, and oh, it's McCree this. and Hanzo dressed as um, Justin Timberlake and Andy Sandberg from the Dick in a Box uh snl sketch outstanding i i and did see this and the the boxes that they're wearing on their junk are loot boxes as well um it's themed i like it exactly yep <laughs> there's a lot of work a lot of effort a lot of love and care went into it absolutely uh so yeah um so we'll let our wonderful theme song by azure flux strike witches get bitches take us out Beep, and we'll catch you guys next week see ya bye <laughs>